Gaming NBS episode 224, recorded Janu- Wednesday, January 8th? 9th. 2019. Welcome to Gaming and Bus. I'm Sean. <laughs> and I'm Brett. Welcome to the show, folks. Glad to have you all here. Holy bejeepers. Yeah, I've uh, this is as good as my voice has sounded in a few days. I think I um, got back and work was hell, so I've only slept like four hours max a night for like the past three, four nights. I'm getting old for this, man. Getting old for this, but of course, back from means Evercon. So, yeah. <clears throat> so Evercon 2019 went off without a hitch. All fires were small fires, as I told Alex Cameron when he asked me how, to, how it went. I said, small fires I could easily stamp out. Um, and I don't know if some folks may or may not notice it, but uh, uh, Mr. Sean Kelly graced me with his presence. I, I, was actually, I was actually very surprised to get a text that says, how the fuck do you get in this building, Mr. Yellow Shirt? Because <laughs> I got a yellow con shirt. So people know I'm in charge. <laughs> Brett walked right up through the doors. I was the only one in the parking lot. He walked kind of, I see him pacing across, like, go up to the door. It's locked. It says the hours on it, Evercon entrance. And I'm like, what the hell? And I'm tapping, and he, and he calls me over, and I go up, and I tap on the door. Ding, ding. Hey, hey, read the goddamn sign. Ding, ding, ding. But That's, that's not the way to treat... So what I did was... A little open, red carpet? I was like, come on, man. When I opened the door, there's another person standing out there who got there yeah. early. <laughs> and he sees us, so I sees me open the door, expectantly picks up his gear, said, I'm sorry, he's a special guest. And I let Sean in, and I shut the door and locked it. Yeah, he was... Uh, he's he a was, character, right? What I told that he young... Was little, he was a little irked at me, but that, I don't care. What I told that young man was, I'll get us to this place. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Sorry, buddy. You like that guy at the, at the thing, man, just stick with me. Yeah, and then at the end of it, what happened? Yeah, That's where you been, man? Play. Where you been? Where we we were going through the rope? Where were you? I thought yeah, you were right behind us. Yeah, what the hell, man? Yeah, he he was the guy where the big bouncer was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, not you. No, not you. And the I go in there thinking he's right behind me. Yeah, poor kid. Yeah, he cried a lot, which is fine. Right. Yep. That's the breaks. But you know, I had. <clears throat> let's see. Corey and Dave win, and their other brother. I'm I'm not going to even name the names. Derek Pennycuff, I'll have to name that one because I, I bumped into him a whole bunch. There were Robin Julie came up. They don't even listen to us. I just see them at every freaking con. Yeah. Kev came down from Minnesota. There was a two other gaming BS listeners, and I am Robert I can, Enith. Was it Robert? Yes. Yeah, thank Enith. you. Robert was there. Oh my god. Barry, was, my buddy Barry. Yeah, Barry was there. Barry played chainmail with me. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I made my first game of chainmail. Uh, I believe Jeff was the guy who ran it, who will be at Gary Con. If you get a chance to play in Jeff's game, chainmail game, it's it's fun. It's you said he threw, you said he threw a mean game. That was good. Yeah, it was good. And and the way he did chainmail was uh, Lord of the Rings issue. There is the bad versus the good. Very nice. We beat Rob and Julie. So there's an there's an objective. Our objective was to get two one of two catapults to the other side of the board. Okay. Off, off the other side of the board. Their objective was to destroy both catapults. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I am not big miniatures. I mean, I don't play Warhammer every day. Yeah, no. It, you think you can be a tactical like genius? <laughs> you play some of those actual tactical, no shit war games like that. It gets pretty tricky. Well, they they were really kicking our ass badly, and then they couldn't roll worth a shit. Yeah, Rob had a, Rob had a smile like we got this. Yeah, what by Rob? Julia, how's it going? He looked at me, and goes, "I'm gonna smoke your partner, man. Yeah. He's fucking dead." Then I see him later. Rob, Rob, how'd it go? Got your beer, man. How, how's it going? Yeah. They cheated. <laughs> yeah, we we were triumphant, and um, so we played chainmail for I don't know, it's at least a, maybe a couple hours. And then I sat in on Chad Knight's second edition, AD&D, which is, this is, you're going to get a kick out of this, Brett. So I sit right next to Chad during the game with Rob and Julie and a few others that I don't know. And we know, I know Chad. We yeah. met. And Chad shows me his second edition player's handbook back inside cover. Yeah. And it's got my name printed on it in my handwriting. He has your used second edition and I, I, at, so the initial shock was, holy shit, that's my second edition player's handbook. Cause yeah. that's my, like, it's not him printing my name. Cause I know that was my handwriting. Yeah, I wrote that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I forgot. I sold him the second edition <laughs> player's handbook and DMG, like literally like three or four years ago. It was, I think it was right be right after we started the podcast. Yeah. He's a pod. He's a fan. He's got uh EMP productions. He does a bunch of different podcasts with other with another friend of his so yeah that's i totally funny. spaced it and i was like oh my Where'd god you what get you, that yeah would you stole my how did you get you know and then i'm like oh yeah that's right brett was asked like had some stuff for sale and i'm like yeah here and i don't i think at that time i had never met chad i think it was literally here one of your you know one of your like brett's like one of my buddies wants the second edition i'm like fine i'll sell mine yep so i hadn't met chad at that time and brett's like here's the money I'm like, here, here you go. And he took it up to Wausau and gave it to, to Chad. I eventually met him, but I was just so weird. Like it just, I completely spaced and I'm like, oh my God, I completely forgot about it. But I haven't played second edition in, I mean, like forever. Did you have fun? Yeah, it was good. I mean, it was very, I mean, you, it was, you know, a con game. So you could, yeah. all right, you're in a group, you're going to. This is your part of the night. He ran an actual part of a module, and I can't. Did remember you the name. know what Corey Wynn did for his second edition D and D game? We used to be heroes. This is game. You come in as old retiree heroes, oh, and yeah. the the bad thing that you made a deal with or you just put away all those years ago is back, and you've got to come out. When you roll failures, he's got a chart that oh, he's geez. made. The chart is back goes out. <laughs> senile um forgets the you know chronic you know rheumatitis something he's got it's fucking awesome geriatric D characters yes yeah. coming out of time he's mentioned it to us ages back we talked about playing older characters and stuff and i remember him talking about it to us i think through uh through a random encounter but i'll tell you one of the things i'm really proud of from an evercon perspective <coughs> excuse me from there's a number of different ways to count how many people come in, how many people don't. One of the best ways to go about it is um, I was talking to Cosmo Joe from 66 because he was there and he had a really good time. And um, he's he's just he's a wacky, fun dude. And uh, he knows Robin Julie and those guys. So anyway, <clears throat> he was there. He I think he made a pretty decent uh, profit because my uh, my Congors mobbed the vendor hall on Saturday. It was a little crazy. But anyhow, I bought a set of dice from him and I forgot I've. 
I've met, I bought them for my wife and they're still sitting in my bag. I'm you should, glad you, you reminded me. You should take care of that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I was talking to him and he's like, how do you guys kind of, you kind of like turnstile clicks? He said, cause that's just bullshit. Gen Con tries to do that. And I said, no, we try to look at individual badges. Even if you come back, we get the occasional, Hey, I bought Saturday. I want to also buy Sunday. Hey, I want I bought Friday. I liked it so much. I'll come back Saturday. So you get some of that, but generally speaking, we had, um, over 900 people there. Yeah. If we take out, you know, averages and so forth, which is pretty damn good. That's right. We're in the sweet spot. We had, we lost some after we moved out of the school, you get the people who it's not $7 a day. I don't want to go to that anymore. Um, which <laughs> to it's $35 for a weekend. If you pre-reg, come on people. It's a cheap ass con, right? Oh, and, uh, all the games, except for the higher, higher end quote unquote tournaments, which with prizes, all other games are free. I don't, we don't charge for tickets for games because our con goers revolted at that. Oh. So I just, you gotta know your, you gotta know your market. You totally do. And yeah. uh, now they're coming out of the freaking woodwork. The, um, the people in dealer hall got mobbed or we had, a, we had even more asses and seats playing games, which is a, which is just great to see a lot of different, the one dude, uh, Scott, he comes up from, uh, the Abbotsford area, which is if, if people out there don't know where the hell that is, Wisconsin. Anyway, he's a ways away from Wausau, Wisconsin. And he showed up. I said, how many this time? He goes, well, I only got 15 with me. There's another truck coming behind me, though. I got about 10 more. <laughs> because they have all these kids that go to the high school and stuff, and there's nothing else in that area, and they all like gaming, and they have a good time. My favorite story, though, is this one. I got to tell this. So bumping this guy, <clears throat> he's got, he looks like a biker, and he's got the hat, dark sunglasses. He comes in. He's got the long white beard. He sees me. Hey, man, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? I bump into him. His name's Ron. I can see it on his badge. He comes up. And he's just smiling the whole con. He, I don't see him game or do anything. He's just smiling. He's following his kid around and smiling. His kid's doing something. He walks up and says, man, I got to tell you, this is fucking awesome. I'm like, well, thanks, Ron. That's pretty cool. Introduces himself. He's an underwater welder. Oh, that is something so, else. So apparently I know, he, tra- I, he travels I, a lot because, uh, you know, in Lake Wisconsin. Heard of those guys. Lake yeah. Wisconsin, there's not a lot of oil derricks and things that need welding. Right. So he travels a ton. His son is high-functioning autistic. Hmm. And he said they've been trying to get him away from some of the electronic computer games and stuff that he's just very obsessed with. They're trying to find other ways for him to be creative and fit in. And he told me, he looked around, he said, I can see... A lot of kids here and even adults that probably don't feel like they fit in a lot of other places because of the stuff they like. He said, but everybody here gets along and everything here is cool. He said, there's nothing more fun than watching my little guy have a hell of a good time. This is fucking awesome. They bought as a as a hope, kind of almost as a whim that this would be interesting to him. They bought him Evercon Weekend Pass for Christmas. Ah. So it was his Christmas present. And he said, you know, we come in, we're going to do all this other stuff. He said, I tell my boy, we're coming in. We'll come back on Saturday. Yeah, okay, Dad, we'll come back Saturday. He said, so we end up sleeping in a little bit. I get up. He's a little groggy. We're like, all right, I'll let him sleep. He said, I go back to bed in the hotel. I wake up, and I see him sitting at the foot of my bed. You up, Dad? Because if you're ready to go, I'm ready to go. <laughs> he said, "He's like, he said, as soon as I pop my eyes, he starts slipping his shoes on and getting his coat. So it was just awesome. I saw him all three days of the con. The guy was great. I, I met his son, just a, a wonderful kid. And... um it was just so neat, so neat to see it <clears throat> because on the flip side, you'll, you'll see parents sometimes at events like this where the, the mom or dad does not give a shit. They don't ha- they're not having fun and they're pissy about the yeah, t- the whole right. thing. Yep. We have had parents come to cons to Evercon 
They just sit in a corner and look mad mm. that their kid is wasting their time. And Ron was that just awesome dad. He's like, you know what? I don't game. I hunt and fishing. So he and I talked hunting and fishing for a while. He's like, oh, that's cool. You could do all of that stuff. Yeah, hell yeah, you can. So we we're just talking. And uh, next thing I know, I, I told him, I said, if you really, if, if you're bored, man, go sit over by my buddy Zave and JR. They've got the paint and take. Yeah. Maybe I'll check that out. He cruises over there Sunday. He paints like two minis up. <laughs> it's just having fun. That was, it was awesome. That was the, just from, I mean, seeing, seeing BSers and Rob and Julie and people I know that show up and help support uh, my convention is just amazing. It's great. Um, but to see that one little, one little piece of that story was just so cool to me. Yeah. Yeah. The moments. Evan, Evan Cass was there too. Oh, that's right. Evan, Thank you. Evan Another one. EHC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brothers wins. Yep. Um, let's see what's oh, my wife um did a your really wife, cool your booth. wife was there. Yeah, my wife right. was there. She did a really cool uh, gaming and BS booth because we didn't think Sean was gonna bother to come. And uh she had some Avalon Kickstarter stuff out and we gave away free water and yeah, buttons and stuff from gaming and BS so it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's good. Ended up with like no buttons left. <laughs> they just right? they were snagged. Yeah, cool. Which, yeah, it was all good, man. Sweet. What? You're looking That's at good. me like you're bored. No, not at all. Not at all. All right. The only other thing I have is the Avalon Kickstarter is going. By the time this drops, there is, as of today, January 9th, there's still seven days to go. We wanted three three grand to get this thing off the ground and make it happen. We have $9,831 as I look at it. And we have hit all the original stretch goals. And the guys that encoded and I added another one at 10200 a district map of Avalon where we would create a district map of the city, which all backers would receive a PDF of. So see, it's, look at that, Brett. I mean, some people say you can't make money in the RPG industry. <laughs> you don't do it to make money. You do it for the love and, and for the hobby. But look at this. I mean, Brett's make, he's, he's going to profit like six grand off. Oh, of this thing. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. He's, he said sarcastically as hell. Six grand, man. Uh-huh. I mean, easy money, ladies and gentlemen, easy, 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 easy money. money. Because what I'm going to do is I plan to stiff all the artists and the layout guy and the editors. Yeah, fuck those guys. Well, I that's thought that's plan. what the three grand was for. <laughs> the rest is all gravy. Mm-hmm. That's how that works. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, it is pretty awesome. I've got right. just enough I can buy Sean out and get him off this goddamn Well, wow, now get, I'm get like, myself a real, Get myself a real partner. All the patron proceeds all this time and the donations that everybody has been gracious enough has been going in my pocket and now Brett's just going to buy me out. Well, that's the only, I mean, I've tried to get him on embezzlement charges. That just hasn't stuck no, yet. Because I got attorneys. I know. Because I use the money just, towards the attorneys. I know. Everything's just tied up in court. Yeah. Anyway. But now, now he's got money and power. I'm I'm really in trouble now. Yeah. So heave to and prepare to be boarded, motherfucker. Right. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Anyway, so the Kickstarter is going really, really well, way above my wildest dreams. As I've said before, it's very impressive and humbling. And it's just really, really cool. I can't wait to get the darn book out to people and get it in their hands. So it's pretty cool. Check it out. Kickstarter, The Streets of Avalon. Take a look. And you would know about the street things like the Streets of Avalon Kickstarter if you signed up for our email list, Mm -hmm. which you can go to gamingabs.com. It's on the front page. Just ask for your first name and email. If you do sign up, uh, on our website to our email list, you will be entered to win a set of dice from awesomedice.com. Thanks 
Brandon for supplying those. We'll have our next drawing at the end of January for our next winner. Also, they are awesome enough to provide a promo code. Somebody asked about it. Hey, can I get a promo code for a discount if I order something? So Brandon has also supplied us with promo code gaming uh, and BS at checkout. You get 15% off your order of $10 or more. So So that's capital G as in gaming and capital B, capital S. Yeah, I don't know if it's case sensitive. I don't know if it is or not. But check out the show notes. You can see that stuff, man. We can't put it in the show notes. He doesn't want to put it in the show notes. No, he doesn't doesn't want crawlers grabbing it and Ah, all that crap. Brandon is a wise man. Well, and it also keeps track of... Actual traffic. Somebody's actually heard it from our show and used it so he can say, oh, people are using this code. They must be listening to Gaming NBS and it's worth me giving free dice away. I don't know. So Gaming NBS, all one word. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Very cool, man. Shall we? Uh, shall we on and on? Random encounter. Yep. You ready? I'm ready, man. Who, you, you you start. I talk too much already. Hammer rock. Oh, what? What? What'd I you did. say? I already did. talked too much. Oh, I, you? I, I got all that uh, crap about Evercon that probably nobody cared about but me. Come on, man. All right, uh, no, it Greg. Was really, pa- it was really cool. Greg Palachek comments on Detect Evil on our website. Regarding Detect Evil, because in Pathfinder it is blocked by a thin layer of lead, our GM claims it eventually causes cancer, treating it as radiation. (laughs) Radiation spewing paladins. Home rules. I love it. He also tends to like to use an overabundance of unholy blight, which discourages any players from playing good. Oh. Plus, if there is an abundance of evil in the area, it causes the PC or Paladin uh, using it to feel pain. Because Basically, because of the GM's the world is a dark load of crap mindset. In real life. In real life. <laughs> so if you're playing with an angsty game master. The world is dark and all is dark. I'm sorry, are you good? Smack! How about now? The whole world sucks. And so, you, when you detect evil, you feel pain. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, dude, the treating detect evil is radiation. I've never heard that. Have you heard anything like that before? No, I don't think I have, but now. You want, you want to use it. Kind of jotting this down, actually. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of kooky, but I like it. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. Yes, thank you, Greg. Joe T., Email us. Hey guys, I'm relatively new to listening to your podcast, even though I've attended GameholeCon every year and have met games with you guys. I'm 30, have been playing tabletop RPGs for about 20 years or so. Started DD 3, then to 3.5 and Pathfinder, and of course, plenty of other um, one offs and offshoots throughout the years, especially at the cons, you know, just playing whatever. Anyway, my question is related to getting into DM slash GMing. A group of friends I know are talking of trying to get into role playing and have asked if anyone wants to play and to help them play. I said, sure. But I'd let them know if someone was. I let them know that someone is going to need to GM, and this person would need to have quite a bit of experience with the systems and terminology and such. We haven't really discussed it, but I'm guessing if I were to join, they may ask me to GM. I never have. My normal group usually runs games by one guy, maybe another, but I just haven't needed to. I'm not sure if I would even be a good GM. What I really, what I, 
but I wouldn't really know until I run a game or two. would love to help these guys out. We all know a GM can either make or break a game, and especially for newbies. This, this is even more important. So um, no GM experience, new um, new gaming group, tabletop RPGs. It's just, just a, the whole topic kind of idea. Man, have we talked about this before? Have we talked about this? Like a new game master? Yeah. I mean, other than you know, thoughts, advice, other than, as he says, other than read the DM book for, for game system um, and so on. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to think in the last two hundred or some episodes we've mentioned. I mean, maybe maybe we need to rehash it again. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, Joe. Um, in the short term, my advice is this: uh, if they have never played before, you pick a game system that you know really well as a player. I mean, if you played it off enough, you know the rules well enough. You um, pick a very simple adventure, and you run it. And they will not know, nor will they care, that you are not the thrilling, amazing game master that one of your other friends may be who has 20-plus years' experience doing it. Um, they're new. <clears throat> they're new to it, and you are new to it as well. Uh, you can tell them, hey, I know the game system pretty well. I'll be willing to give this a shot. Let's do this together. Um, there's, you've got to, if, if you want to do it, go for it. And I, don't, I know you'll be nervous because I know I sure would be. But there's honestly nothing really to fear. It's not that bad. The main piece is you want to do a you want to pick an adventure or one of your own design and one that you're right and keep it small. Keep it very, very simple. Don't try to go beyond, hey, we're here to, you know, get the goblins out of the forest. We're here to save the blacksmith's son who was kidnapped or something along those lines. Don't go crazy. Think of something very simple, very easy that everybody can get their hands on. And you can do this, man. It's it's not that hard. Sean? So, Joe, what I would do, because don't, you've don't, played... I'm going to stop you right now, Sean. Just, Joe, don't do this. Whatever he's saying, don't do this. I'm kidding. Keep going. I'm going to mute Brett. Oh. And then he won't. Then, And that'll be that. All right. I would say run. I agree with Brett. Run something you're familiar with that you feel comfortable with. Maybe you maybe it's a game you know by heart. Maybe it isn't, but regardless, it's got to be something you're comfortable with. And then, as far as running it, I personally think that starting out would be just get a module, buy one, an adventure. So if it's Pathfinder, they have some thin thin modules that are not ninety six pages like the Adventure Path. I mean, you can just buy a Paizo Adventure levels one through four or whatever. Read it. And then just run them through that. Like you've got the narration, you got the narrative, you got the stat blocks. Um, they won't know the difference. Or if you want to be a little bit more free form, like Brett, I mean, I've mentioned it before Sly Flourishes, Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master. There's really basic tips in there about, you know, have four encounters planned. And just write them down on a note card. You know, with those encounters, have them the, have these characteristics. You know, make two or three um, locations. Write those down. And then just kind of go with the flow. Give them a mission. If you like watching, um, if you want to watch a video about somebody's approach or whatever, I do like Matt Colville. I'm a fan. 
if you go to his YouTube channel, Matt Colville, and you go out there, the first videos he did, he did an intro running the game, running the game number one, number two, number three, and number four. He, he's, he, he makes a dungeon. Like, oh, here it is. Here's the goblins. Here's a trap. Here's a thing. Yeah. And it, it's there. You can grab it and under, and he will explain to you, hey, this is why I'm putting this here. This is why this is there. Sometimes that might be a that might be a good way to look. I will put a note in the uh, in the show notes, a little linky doodle out there, and let you take a peek into what he's up to. But I think that's that's very helpful for some people. Yeah, I mean, it, there's tons of people that will tell you which way to go, and it just depends on your comfort level and your time, frankly. But you'll do fine. Absolutely. Dosh Gunnett, people that listen to this that haven't run a game and are nerve I got I got I got something. I'm gonna go off on a tangent here, Brett. Go for it, man. So I am listening. Where's my oh my book is my audio book is on the phone that Brett is looking at me from. Um <laughs> Rejection Proof. That's what it's called. It's an I like the audiobooks, but rejection proof is something I got turned on. I was listening to another podcast and the individual that puts it on is does do some coaching and consulting and whatever. But he said, Hey, I read this book. It's a good book. But rejection proof is about this guy who the short of it ends up going through what he wants to do is a hundred days of rejection. A hundred days of rejection. A hundred days of rejection. And he look picks, him in the eye every day and tell him he sucks. No. And he, well, he picks things to do that he will expect to get rejected for. I will go play football. I've never played football before. Let's try that. So the the uh, prologue starts out with him walk, going to be walking up to somebody's door, ringing the doorbell, in dressed in shorts, t-shirt, and soccer cleats, with a soccer ball in their hand, with his hand in his hand to say, "Hey." Hi, I was just wondering if I could go into your backyard and play soccer. That seems foolish. In Texas, no less. You're probably going to get shot. Right, that's what he said. He actually says that. In, you know, if you do that in Texas during like a Dallas game, right? Like Dallas Cowboys are on TV. Ding he, dong! Who the hell is that? You son of a bitch! So right. what he what he does is there's a whole kind of story, obviously, behind why he does this, but. Some of the examples he does, I mean, he he will try to give people apples. And he videotaped himself and did a blog about it, and then he eventually wrote a book about it. But there's a— Apart from being quirky, why is he doing this? Well, one is because he wants to find out—so there's a obviously—I mean, there are people that rank rejection and— and um, Public speaking. Well, right, more rejection than anything to be like the number one fear that they have over crazy things like death. People, death. Have, I mean, yeah, yeah, people, people have said that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, like they will rank higher, you know, public speaking lower than rejection, um, death lower than rejection. So he wants to understand why, and then in doing so he gets different reactions, and then he wonders like, well, why do I get one reaction if I ask it this way and I get a different reaction if I ask it that way. My point of this whole thing is that you're you'll be fine. Like you're probably fear of rejection, but there there there's things that come out of it that aren't 
always negative. Like people will come up to you after you run a game that you're afraid to do and they'll say, that was a great game. So my daughter, Alana, ran her first con game. She's 10. Yeah. She ran it at Evercon. Was she she afraid of rejection? She was shaking and she was very nervous and cried 10 minutes beforehand. Oh, shit. I said, you okay? And she's like, daddy, what if they hate it? What if everybody thinks I'm stupid? I said, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. And I walked through the plan with her. I said, this is, it was her own little game system she made. It's about stuffed dogs, these little dogs protecting their owners from nightmares. So they're chosen by the pack leader and they, they, everybody gets a little stuffed dog. (laughs) And then other stuffed animals come out that represent dreams and they have to question them and so on to see if it's a legitimate dream or a nightmare that they have to battle. If it turns out to be a nightmare, she pulls the cute little stuffed animal off and flap down goes the main monster with the big Nyarlathotep stuffed animal that my son AJ has. Everybody had fun. It was just for kids. They all had a blast, and everybody came up and told her, oh, what a good job you did. She was terrified, absolutely terrified. And this isn't like saying, hey, you're, you know, my 10-year-old daughter can do it, you can do it. But she was scared, and when she was done, I said, did you like it? Yeah, I, I saw some stuff I could have done better. I've got some neat ideas that I want to do next. Totally legitimate. Joe's going to run this game, and... When Joe says it's a group of friends, I, I read that Joe and I'm like, oh, these are people you know. You're calling right. them friends. My assumption is you're friendly with them. Y'all get along. There is, <coughs> excuse me, if you, when you play with your other gaming group buddies, those men and women, my assumption is, hey, if something goes a little bit wrong, eh, they talk a little bit to the side. Eh, the game takes a while. If, if you map out a, a module that has three rooms and four encounters, and they don't get past room two because they're too busy shooting the shit. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean you're a failure. It means they're having fun hanging out. Right. And it's, you, it's, it's yeah. an initial foray into a thing for all of them. You happen to be the most experienced person there. Don't be afraid when you, when you forget a role, when you have to wing a little bit of something or whatever. It's fine. You'll be totally cool, dude. You got the thing, this. The thing is, is when you are worried, you're usually the person that's not a bad game master. It's the folks that are... Oh, the arrogant sons of guys? The arrogant ones that think that they're the best game masters ever. Not always, because there's some that are really good and they know it and they, they, that they can back it up. But there are some that are just... They're, they're not self-aware. They think they're the greatest. They sit down. They splooge their story without any options to the players. And they run their story. Yeah. Right, not an adventure, not giving players any type of options and seeing what happens. Because, you know, ask yourself what makes a really, sometimes it's like, what makes a good game master? Oh, it's this and it's that and saying yes and and giving the players some, some, um, latitude and agency and things of that nature. And then you, but sometimes it's sitting back and going, what is a real shitty game master? What makes it a what makes them a shitty game master? Yeah, let's not do those things. Just don't do those things. Like, yeah. I don't know, argue with the players until you get your way. Yeah. I mean, there's maybe stating a point, maybe there's reading a rule, but eventually you're gonna have to put it to rest so you can kind of move on. Yep. Um you know, somebody may say, Well, a shitty game master is somebody that runs a game and doesn't know any of the rules. Well, I don't know about that because Brett doesn't know any of the rules. Yeah, I know. Well, and tell him he's a shitty game master. Oh, rejection. I mean, I'm scared now. Well, I'm kidding. You just gotta buck, buck up, it. little buck up, little camper. I'm gonna come to your house and play soccer. Right. 
anyways, it's a good book. I'll put a link in the show notes. I mean, I don't know, but dude, seriously run it. Um, yeah, you got this man. It's not, it's trust me. If Brett can run and people think he's a good game master, I mean, come on. Yeah, it can't be that hard. The guy's like a self-published author. It took him a while. He's got more cred than I do now, <laughs> which isn't saying much. It's not even published yet, really. People are just throwing money at me, hoping I will do it. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to do it. I'm totally going to do it. But anyway, there's, there's different is, styles. There's different styles. Totally. So don't, don't even think like, well, I don't do it as cool or awesome as that person. The thing is, is Sean runs like Sean, Brett runs like Brett, Sneezek yeah. runs like Sneezek, Phil runs like Phil. Right. You know, all these people run the way they run. Yep. Joe, you're gonna, if you start running, man, you're going to be like, oh, I run like Joe. I'm Joe T and this is how I run. Yeah. That's Fast and, and loose or? Or you'll change over time and that's yeah. totally cool too. But these are friends, which is a great way to start. You've got people who are interested. You don't have to sell them on it. They're right. already talking to you saying, hey, I'd like to try this. And they're going to sit down with you at the helm. You're going to try it. Mistakes will be made. Fun will be had. And um, I would bet, you know, dollars to donuts, somebody's going to say, hey, can we do this again? Now, I'm going to say this, and I've said it before, and somebody actually took me literally. But I'm going to tell you, I pretty, I'm pretty certain, pretty certain as I sit here, when you do that, Joe, and you run a game for these guys, nobody is going to punch you in the face. Yeah, nothing, nothing horribly bad will happen. No. The worst thing that can happen is people go, eh, it was okay. Right. Who cares? Did you have fun hanging out? Yeah, I just it's just not for me. I, I've tried all sorts of stuff that wasn't for me, but I did it with my buddies, my friends, the men, men and women I like hanging out with. Hey, that makes that makes it cool. Me, I just don't talk to them anymore. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. I mean, you just have a choice. They don't appreciate your art. Hey. You take it to a different gallery, buddy. Yeah, go play soccer in somebody else's yard. That's right. God, blast it all. All right, let's move on. Am I next? Yes. Sparrow of Hawk. Hawk Sparrow comments on 222, which is getting info from your player. Questions. Number one, where are you from? How did you begin gaming? And all that good stuff. Get to know them. I mean, hey, excuse me. We are building a relationship here, right? Goal is to build understanding of each other, which builds trust and helps me know how to create the story so players have the most fun. Number two, describe the coolest sessions and most fun you've had at the table in a session. Uh, again, this helps me plan for future sessions with the answer to this question in mind. Number three, if you can't attend a particular week, how do you prefer we handle your character? And number four, what campaigns have you been in or run recently? Those are good questions. Right to the point. Works for Hawk Sparrow. Go ahead. You beg, borrow, and steal those if you'd like. A point, a point that Hawk makes there is, you know, we are building relationships, right? So that way you understand each other. And, I mean, you don't have to – these men and women, when you're gaming with them, I mean, they don't have to become your best bosom companion, Um I was, time. In, I was in a gaming relationship. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. Uh, all of my best friends are guys I game with. Men and women I've gamed with are my best friends. You know, um, but some people, you, you don't have to be that with everybody, but I, I think it's important. We are building relationships with people and understanding where they're from and how they're coming about stuff. These questions will help you get there. I like that, Hawk. Good job, man. 
All right. All right. Let me go so I think Edwin's is old. Like, I don't know why. I'm, I'm pretty sure we didn't tackle this. And somewhere it got lost in the shuffle and I pulled it out. No, I think we read this. Did we? I don't think yeah. so. No. Feels like it. Hold on a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If I can find the OSR game or the OSR episode, there it is. OSR was 218. We would have yep. read this on like 219. Well, oh, that's true. Well, no, this might have been one he put out there ahead of time. I don't know, man. Because he even says, I hope for organized play. <clears throat> oh, maybe not. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Random encounter. No Edwin on 218. I can edit all this out too, which I never usually do. Seafaring would have been next. He's not in there. He's not in there. Okay. And then 220. You know what? Screw it. It's Edwin. I'm reading it. I'm pretty sure I, I, we never read it. Seriously. I don't see Edwin in, the la- in those three episodes. All right, Edwin. We'll give you the benefit of the doubt. All right. Here we go. <laughs> and, if, and if you have heard, like, if you got like, just a glimpse of deja vu, it, you're in the Matrix. All right, go That's ahead. fine. Edwin says, once again, attempting to tap a tap a tap a tap a tap a tap yeah, once, rubber, once rubber, it, baby, baby. So that's that's the matrix right there. That was the glitch. We should do <clears> a whole <throat> episode just like that. Yeah. <laughs> once again, attempting to tackle a topic without a definition. Eh? Good luck. I think it's important to realize that each of us has a different definition in view of the OSR, depending on where we sit and what we like. Um, it also seems that many people's ideas have shifted over the few years that it's been a term. Currently, I hear most of it used to, uh, to talk about D&D-esque games, particularly ones that are similar to editions before and after fourth. However, the term has encompassed other old and not necessarily fantasy games and their offspring. Some claim that it's about style of play, and in my experience, each person defines the style of play that OSR embodies as a style that they enjoy. It's a good time to discuss avoiding gatekeeping and promoting inclusivity. I hope this goes well for you. I think it did. He he commented about it in advance. He did. Yeah. Yeah. He then goes on to talk about, (coughs) excuse me, I hope for organized play, you'll discuss the many things out there that are not Pathfinder Society and Adventures League. We did try, caught a couple. I hear about lots of little permanent worlds out there, including Shadowrun and RuneQuest. We hit Shadowrun, missed RuneQuest, each with its own organized play. I think I mentioned a while ago that a friend and I started a local organized play group. We built a world and conducted weekly adventures for whomever showed up. This grew until most weeks there are four or five active tables, each with their own adventures in our worlds. Um, all PCs level up at the same time, whether or not the players played, and the world changed based on the actions of all the parties. Permanent magic items were returned to the town council at the end of each adventure, so they could be uh, used whether or not a certain PC was around. And we developed the same uh, so we developed some other rules to facilitate this style of play. My friend and I passed the torch over a year ago, and the person to whom we passed it has just passed it on again. The tables are level 11 or so, and a new crop of adventurers come in for low play and are up to level 3 or 4, I think. Following them on Facebook, I've seen all sorts of interesting dramas and traumas, but the world and the gaming game and the gaming, oh my God, the world and the gaming seems to be carrying on. All I have to say about Seafaring Adventures is arg. That should be a fun one. Thanks, Edwin. Yeah. Not sure if there's any, uh, if the, if it warrants any type of comment. I like the idea of the of a homebrew organized play. I think Edwin has mentioned that to us before, either through feedback here or in person. 
at GameholeCon, but that's that's pretty damn cool. That's still going. I like that, man. Yeah, it's more micro. It is. Yeah. I like it. It's kind of a neat idea. It is kind of neat. All right, let's go. Let's get into the main topic. All right, Brett. Well, one of our listeners, Blake Ryan, came up and said, Hey, hi, from down under. He won't. I'll get get a couple topics that I want you to talk about. Oh my God, we just lost Blake Ryan. Blake Um, loves it, man. He and me are brothers from another mother on a different continent. Yeah. Um, I think if I were born, I think if I were born uh, in a different country, it'd be Australia. I could see that. Yeah. You're part kangaroo. I get it. Hey, man. Marsupials rule. All right. He says, going back <laughs> was the topic. Going back, meaning, would you ever reboot one of your own campaign stories, but revise with lessons learned? Why or why not? Would you change the system or setting or neither? And uh, so, Sean, what was is your first it's gonna instinct be, it's like? It's going to be really quick, Brett. Your first instinct is? <laughs> um, I've never... I, this is this is interesting because up until literally a week ago, my firm answer would be no, and it still kinda is. What happened a week ago? Well, I'm contemplating running Star Wars again for okay. some patrons of ours, and. Uh, what would that look like? And I thought, well, maybe I could, pro- and I didn't want to divulge this because they're going to hear it and I'm going to be like, ah, I didn't want them to tell. I didn't want to but tell. But you're thinking them. about pulling out an old campaign possibly and pulling, putting them into it in some way. Yes. Okay. But Me. now I, I wouldn't go to the same exact one. Like I'm not taking the same players back to the same campaign. Okay. So I don't know if that's, see, Blake doesn't specify that. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting point because I have gone back to a campaign um, with the players. at The, the same an- players that played it in it before. Yes, the 20th anniversary yeah. of my uh, home gaming group, we got together, had a big party, and I ran Vampire again, Vampire the Masquerade. years, man. And that was a while ago. Some old farts. <laughs> that was a while ago, too. Oh. Anyway, so we get you together. You guys and- remembered the, like, you guys, can you even retain any of that stuff? Yeah, it's about quarter after 10. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. It's like past your bedtime recording this thing. Sorry, what's going on? Anyway, Holy yeah. We, we Mama, out, where are my we, slippers? Um, everybody had characters. That, oh, yeah, I've got this character. I want to pull this guy out, this guy out. So people were back, and um, some were not. Some wanted different characters and so on. But we, we played, and it was in the same world. It was okay. <laughs> it was okay. Huh? We had, we had, it was fun. We had a good time. But it was like the last gasp for a vampire for my group. It was like, yeah, you, we can't go back to that again. It, that was a thing that was done. It was done, done. And now it's done, done, done. So, yeah, if we ever play vampire again, it has to be something totally different. We can't do that one again. Oh. Be, because yeah. everybody, was, we spent all of our time reminiscing about the cool shit. And the current story just was crap. It was lackluster, and didn't, nobody didn't age was, well. No, it yeah. it had not aged well. Yeah. That was my recollection of it. 
That's like watching the D and D cartoon. <laughs> I that was really awesome when I was. God, I mean, I, I think I was actually older than I should have been watching that cartoon. I think yeah, it but it was D and D on TV. It was cool. But it was D and D on TV, which you kind of tolerated the stupid unicorn and whatever. What things I have. So that was like a a campaign slash story with the same group, essentially same characters, and it was like meh. It felt like a um, like a mash reunion. You're like, oh, uh, just didn't do much. Like after mash, you know, this wasn't that cool. Yeah, suicide is painless. I get it. Um, anyway, I have the other thing when you talk about campaigns or stories at con games, I run. I have started running the same con game with the same story at con games because I know it really well. Now um, you run the same ad- adventure or the story, but it's different, like different chapters. It's the same adventure. So it is the same adventure. Yeah. If I run iron shoes, it's iron shoes. If I run the blacksmith's folly, it's the blacksmith's folly. It's the okay. same adventure. All right. Which could be classified as, not a campaign, but he says campaign slash stories. Was that yours? Yeah, that's mine. Oh. I, I wrote, I made those. I know, Brett, you're hoity-toity, big author, publisher. I get it. You don't have to cop an just, attitude and I'm go just, like, I'm hey, just man. Saying. I'm okay. just saying. Right, of course. Jeez, someday, man. Some, someday you could be me. I'm keeping you. <laughs> here's my job, ladies and gentlemen, is keep to keep humble. Brett grounded. And, mm. uh, you know, I don't want him yeah. to get into the, the, the ego that is uh, Jason Hobbs. Oh, for God's sakes. So Stop. I got to okay, keep I, him gr- I, I, I didn't get where you were going, and now I do. I, <laughs> I, I understand it, and I will, I will, take, I will take it. Thank Jason, you. Jason Hobbs, I mean, one can, one can dream. I don't, I don't know if I get I don't, I don't think I can dream that big. <laughs> anyway. What's up, Hobbs? So I have also, when I've run other campaigns, I have pulled out the same campaign starters. went, oh, this will work again. I have done that in the past, especially with uh, a D&D game I've run for people I've never played for before. Like, oh, I've used this starter or I've used this component of the story. What do you mean starter? What's what starter mean? I don't understand. So uh, in an intro, an an introductory camp, an introduction to the campaign Ah. saying, hey, here's what will happen. You're in the Grand Duchy of Jeff in the world of Greyhawk and this will happen. Oh, sure. We'll start you off here in an inn. There'll be a mistaken identity. There'll be a brawl, and you'll be embroiled in this type of politics. And, yeah, I still have these names, these places, these things. It's essentially the same campaign story or damn near module, really, if you look at it. And it would be like, yeah, I will run Storm King's Thunder or something like that. I have pulled those things out and run them multiple times. But not with the same group. Not with the same group. Right. Because I usually have a tendency to say, oh, it would feel played out. Oh, I know what that is already. Well, that would be a, well. That would be Which one is, of the, that would be going back to Joe and saying that would be a crappy game master. Yeah, <laughs> like hey, we're gonna run through this adventure and it's the same one over and over. You just change that the names. You just did, yeah, dude. Yeah, this is like, keeping this... the borderlands, but it's keep on the upper lands or the behind lands. What is going on? <laughs> the lower lands, the lower lands, the upper lands, the downlands, the swamplands. Yeah, but. It, Doing it with the same group is the thing that stops me. And then when I pulled the the, the campaign, the storyline out, and kind of revisited it for my vampire one, I went, ah, yes, I, I've never done it before, and I don't ever feel like I would need to try that again. If I were to pull it back out with another group, I would look at it when we say lessons, when he asked about, like, lessons learned, what would you do? I would not mind running the same Call of Cthulhu story that I have done before 
what I would do is I would say, hey, the lesson I learned was the players will do anything they freaking want to be ready to jump out, oh, throw that piece out, have to introduce something new. I would basically take the lessons I've learned just as a game master over the years and not expect my next batch of players to behave in the same way. They're not on the same rails. They're not in the same mode. They don't have the same off-road vehicles, whatever. Some people want to ice skate uphill. Some people want to go downhill. They want to do whatever the hell they want to do. Um, that would be the biggest component to it. I don't mind reusing material. I used to try ages back to always be fresh and new and never reuse material because I thought it was stupid and weak. And now I'm like, that's just dumb. If I had a really good idea and a group of 13 people love the hell out of it, I bet you I could get a whole nother group of five or six people love the hell out of it too. So I don't have any problem reusing it. But a complete reboot with same players and so on is felt played out. Yeah, I agree. And I don't, I, in that regard, have no desire to, to, to make that happen again. Really. I think it's run its course. Now, having said that, I mean, if I were to, you know, wax nostalgia um, and I wanted to pull out first edition AD&D mm -hmm. and go back to the group that I've gamed with as long as on and off as Brett has, and said, hey, we're going to start with keep on the borderlands. We're going to run it old school and we're going to keep going. And then the next time it's going to be Tomb of the Lizard King and then it's going to be Ravenloft. And then it's yeah. going to be that progression. They've all gone through those. But have they remembered every, I think part of that component would be kind of fun because I think you would get the, oh, yeah, now we remember this part. So there's a time abyss almost that happens between now and then on that one. Yes. And I think that isn't – I played my vampire campaign for 15 years. Oh, my God. That's we, a lot of goth. That's a lot of black mascara. Yeah. I I, <laughs> I'm, I ran out of it. Therefore, I can't run the game. Right. And, right. Um, and uh, Maybelline does not make my kind anymore. Anyway, the, point is – It's not the same shade. It's not. Revlon, do, Revlon no longer makes it in Raven Black. Not the same Raven Black. I, I bet tell. you go on eBay, you can find that crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. like I tell you what, hundred and fifty dollars. <throat> yeah, you find you find it reasonably priced, and I'll buy it. Hey, anyway, you, just, you have to update to that. What's that <laughs> store in the mall? What is it? What you know the story, Brett? What are you talking? It smells hot. like patent leather. Hot topic. Oh, hot topic. There it is. Hot topic. Hot topic. Brett knows it. <laughs> oh, I know it. Anyway, um, oh, I think when, we're just having, bad people. Having run that for fifteen years. It's very fresh in everybody's mind. Uh, my my group has been together for, what, 25 years? Over half of that time was spent in that campaign world. It's like yesterday to a, to a group that meets every month. It's like yesterday. If I were to go back and grab the guys I went to high school with, well, my buddy uh, Dave Schneider had said, hey, Susan on Facebook had posted um, a number of old pictures of me <laughs> in um, my gaming groups there. They're hilariously bad. Me, oh my me, god, I have that. Me with long hair. I and had stuff. it on. I had, so I, she posted that picture, and I went, 
Oh my god! And I tried to save it. It wouldn't let me save it on the mobile. This because I'm a vampire. You can't save it on mobile. Yeah, I took uh, a anyway, screen cap of it, and I uh, got that sucker. Like me with long hair, the whole bit. No, it's the one where you're like standing there with your arms folded. Oh yeah, that's all. Oh, that's looking tough right there. Yeah, oh, there, Brett has a, no facial hair. It's scary. He doesn't even look like who he is now. Yeah, there's the uh, there's the play where I was dra- I was Dracula in a play, and I had long hair at that time. I didn't think it was that long. Oh, okay. yeah, it thought... was all down past my shoulders, too. No, 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 not in that picture. No, not in the one you're talking about, but it, after that, I grew my hair out. <laughs> anyway. I got to go on there and get those and grab those before. <laughs> all right, I can't. You... Do what you would would do. you get pissed off if I put those out there? I don't. Whatever. It's a part of who I used to be. I'm just like. curious. Well, some people get really perturbed about that crap. I was like in my late teens, early twenties. Oh whatever. He's got to see this. We have one of Brett on our website. That's when he was two. Yeah. Right. With I the tattoos after, I and the beard. Afterwards. I shaved did. afterwards. Yeah. I can't remember who did that for us. My Susan, my wife. Did she put that yeah, up there like told, that? She oh, totally made that for you. She photoshopped it. That's awesome. Anyway, point is. Is that if um, my buddy Dave Schneider and some of the and Schaefer and the guys I used to game with were say, "Hey, we should play," like you know, to your point, mm. let's go, like, let's play Forgotten Realms First Edition. We had so much fun doing that. Now oh, let's play Second. Fine, let's play Second Edition. We sat down and Eric Schaefer pulled out some adventure he'd written or done in the past week. Oh my God, that's Two Brick Dilligan the Third, and you know the Ducal Proxy, and oh my God, that's this guy. Oh yeah, oh God, this is fun. Uh, all right, see you guys in another 10 years. <laughs> I mean, it, if we were going to do it for fun and nostalgia, it would the time abyss between now and that point would be enough that I think it would be fun. As you described that to me, I'm like, yes, the men and women I gained with, if I were to pull that out and I could get the right, if I could get them to show up, we would have a hell of a good time doing it. Spend a good chunk of the time reminiscing, but it'd still be fun. However, that said, Rebooting my 15-year-long campaign, no. That one's dead. Dead as Dillinger, and that one's never coming back. I just don't see it happening. With ours, and the one that I've ran long-term, which would have been Living Force, I really can't without literally, unless I I continue the storyline outside of that. Because obviously, for those of you not in the know, Living Force took place... Uh, up until episode four, three, how about episode three? Is that the one with the midichlorians? It, (laughs) (laughs) but it's essentially, um, before order 66. So literally the campaign was like, we can't release the last three modules until the movie comes out. And I'm like, oh, fantastic. And then it came out and then we tried to get them and it was like this big fiasco. Oh, interesting. But literally, I mean, that's, I mean, there's a little bit of gaming mechanics behind it, too, that. But I think the, I mean, the desire to go back in time and revisit something with a group, like rebooting it with the same group or a reasonable facsimile of that group would have to have, it's going to have some nostalgia in it and or possibly like, wow, that one failed galactically or had a thing. I want to redo it because I can do it better. If I was going to do that, I would recast it. And say, hey, um, I tried to run a Middle-Earth role-playing game, the uh, Iron Crown edition, a a couple years ago. I started a campaign, and it fizzled out because we got, uh, we decided we wanted to play D&D instead um, with my home group, a small subset of them. Like, okay, that's cool. It's fine. We'll come back to it. If we were to come back to it, 
what I would say is I want to start this one over because I think we could do it better. Hmm. But that, that campaign lasted three sessions, four sessions. It was very hmm. small, yeah, very small number of sessions. So like, you know what? We shelved it and went, ah, if we want to bring it back, if I ever want to bring that one back, I know a better way to do it. I've thought about that on my long ass drive to work. I had an hour drive. Once so I'm like, you know, if I did that again, how would I do it better? Oh yeah, I do it like this. It w- wouldn't. There'd be aspects of it. You're like, oh yeah, that castle's still there. Those orcs, the Witch King of Angmar, and this thing. But that's it. I mean, it would be major components would be similar, but I would have rebuilt it to better utilize the pieces on my board, if you will. I think that's the only other way I would go about it. It would kind of be one of those things where anybody else who was involved with it previously would be like, oh, yeah, you used that bad guy's name before, but it's being done differently now. Mm, yes. <laughs> I would use bits and pieces, but it would not be um, a shot-for-shot shot remake type of thing. He mentions change system or setting or neither. I mean, I don't – I don't – I mean, I don't know if the question would still be applicable if you decided to change the setting. Well, if you run a game, if you run a – um, if you're on a Call of Cthulhu horror game and you decide to move it from that setting to a Star Wars game, yeah. but you want to keep similar components of it, it's very different. It is very different. That's why yeah. I'm like, I don't know if it, I don't know if I would even consider it a reboot at that point. Yeah, I think it would be, it, it's not even a reboot at that point. It's a, a reskinning sure. of the campaign, you know. Like, hey, I had this really cool D&D campaign about, you know, your little dirt farmers worked their way all the way up and they were kings. Well, you're now free traders of on, you know, free trader Beowulf from Traveler. You worked your way up from here and, you know, shipping magnets and you're just kicking ass in, in space or or it's a modern thing. And instead of doing the... um monster hunting in a fantasy world, you're doing it in Knights Black Agents. And it's, you know, taking, again, I w- it would be taking beats and components of a storyline that worked really well. Like, hey, after this, I had a really cool chase scene. Or after this is a really good time to reveal the bad guy. Because that worked really well in this other campaign. I would, I, I steal liberally from stuff I've done in the past. But I don't think, that's just bits and pieces. That's not a complete campaign story being rebooted and just refit. Anybody, much like you were saying, like, hey, we're going to play Keep in the Borderlands and then Ravenloft or then uh, Tomb of the Pharaoh or whatever, you're, my assumption is you'd use the system and the setting that's meant for because one of the reasons from that aspect to reboot it would be for that experience or as close to the old experience as you could get, right? Well, there's two angles, and it, I think you're splitting hairs whether you run it in first edition AD&D where they were actually meant, obviously, bo- Keep is not advanced, but regardless it's the, the leap from that first edition AD and D and running those modules to five E is not as great. I mean, you're not going, well, we're going to use rune quest to do it. Like it's not. So in that regard, I think if I were to go back and run those modules, as long as I kept it in the spirit of a D&D or fantasy-based game and rule set, I don't think it would be that big a deal. I mean, even if I ran Labyrinth Lord, Swords and Wizardry, yeah, it's just but not that. I'm not looking to use. You wouldn't go from that to GURPS or something. Correct. Or that to, oh, I'm going to run it in Savage Worlds. Right. 
because then I think it loses a little bit of the feel. Like you can certainly do it. Nobody's telling you you can't, but I mean that the 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 overarching experience as a whole is made of not only going through them again because they may bring back the oh, oh yeah I remember this now also going into the rules and the feel of how you're playing okay kind of as an overall all encompassing kind of deal i wouldn't want to go well let's play use genesis for this cuz then yeah. you're futzing around with like the genesis dice it's great you could again you can do it but then it wouldn't be incorporating the full experience. Yeah, so there's a feel you want for a reboot like that. You want sure. a certain level of feel. And you're like, okay, look, I'm going to use Osric instead of this. I'm going to use right. Labyrinth Lord instead of it, – it'll work. It'll be good enough. You know, it's yes. close, The compatibility is close enough. It's in the same <laughs> spectrum on the color wheel, if yeah, you Yeah, it's the same branch. Yeah. Right, of the tree, just down a few. But, you know, he also mentions – you know, change system neither. Have you, like, lessons learned? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's kind of what I talk about when I look at my my Merp campaign. I would say, well, I would do it again, but I would rebuild it and I would do it this other way. Or when I have reused a campaign for a different group, even a, a short component of a story like a um, like like at a con game, I do it and realize that, hey, last time nobody – figured out what this clue was. I, this needs to be reworked. Last time I ran this this storyline or this campaign for this Call of Cthulhu adventure, nobody encountered this thing. Why is that? It's a cool thing, you know, a cool monster encounter, or they didn't find this clue, or they didn't talk to this NPC, or take this path that I'm like, oh, man, I really wish they would have done that. Is there something I can do to, to, um, to put it back front and center or to a just things so that they would feel like that would be a good thing to do because it, it's really fun and it's a good thing for them to deal with. I, I would be looking at it saying, how can I make this more fun? How can I enhance it so that the thing that my players told me, yeah, that was good. Boy, I really wish we would have found out more about X. How can I take that type of feedback and make it so that it's easier for the next time around? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I could totally see situations like that. I, I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Those are, and those are pretty distinct examples because you run into the well, this wasn't explored that much. I wish it would have been. Yeah. How can I facilitate them garnering more interest in that path? Because I think there's something that they completely missed, which isn't uncommon, right? You're like, oh, I'm going to plan this. Great. They didn't bite on any of it. Awesome. So my two hours of planning is just right out the window, but you can always bring it back, make it more alluring. Hell, at that point, they may just say, well, you know, we never explored that avenue before. We might as well do that this time. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. yeah. You throw them at that module, they're like, you know, we died when we went down the left corridor. Let's go down the right corridor this time. <laughs> yeah. I think it's an interesting question because the nostalgia pull can be very strong. Like, hey, we should do that exact thing again. And I think that it, that's fun, but I, I caution people because, at least in my own experiences, if you go for a shot-for-shot shot remake type of thing, it just turns into it, – it's not – I have not found it to be fulfilling. That's That would be my my caution. I don't know if somebody else out there has done that level of a remake um, and had, had really good luck with it. Um, as I say, I've reused campaigns 
across different gaming groups, and it's worked out just fine because the other gaming group has no idea what to expect, and they weren't, and they have no connection to the other gaming group. So the fact that it's the same material reused for them, it, nobody cares. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I agree. Cool. All right, well, man. Yeah. Think, hope, think, hope that answers your questions, Blake. Yeah, and if we missed it, if we missed it, man, let us know. And if obviously, if another listener out there, any of you, uh, you folks, may say, "Oh my God, no, I've done this. It's been very successful." Or if you have a different take on it, which I know a lot of uh, you folks out there listening to us do, if you got a better, a different take on it, hit us with it because there may well be aspects or nuances that we missed. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Die roll. Not a lot this week. We didn't comb a lot. Brett was busy. Um, yeah, I've just got. I threw the link out there to the Matt Coville uh, YouTube channel, just in case somebody's missed that. Um, I really do think I've had my my son watch it. He's like, "Oh, that's kind of neat." I do that. I do a lot of that because he's you know actually fairly skilled, and so far as he's run a bunch of different games for friends, and he likes doing it. He ran a game at Evercon as well, and had a hell of a good time. But point is, is that sometimes I've learned this from teaching martial arts over the years is Sean and I could say, you should try this. You should try this. You should try this. And you're like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. And somebody else comes along and says, Hey, here's the thing I think you would like. They're telling you essentially the same thing as Sean and I have been saying, but they're doing it in a different format or a different way, different phase of the moon or what have you. And it clicks. So I think it's worth it, which is one of the reasons I like collecting and reading game mastering advice articles and books and stuff is because Sometimes self-affirmation and sometimes like, oh, that's interesting. Never thought of that before. You know, so it's it's just a, it's another way to kind of help boost your confidence and realize that it's not that hard and it will be good. I'm going to, I'll put a link in the show notes for rejection proof. I don't know if you're interested. It's not gaming related, but I think it's just human related. So if you think it's worth checking out, it I, I found it entertaining as well. So uh, I'll put a link out there in die roll as well. So I'm thinking of a t-shirt for this year, something that says, uh, it shows a little, a kid dressed up as a wizard knocking on someone's front door says, can I play D and D in your basement? Yeah. And you have to find out what the answer is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the things he does. He asks like strangers to do like, what do you do? One, one thing that I thought was interesting, like giving a stranger an apple. Like, hey, here's an apple and see, you know, because apples is, you know, it goes back to biblical and it goes back to, you know, trick or treat and, you Razor know, blades and- yeah, yeah. And, and so he wants to see if anybody would be willing to take an apple from him. That's the weirdest damn thing. Yeah. It's funny. Giving money away here. Here's five dollars. Like who? <laughs> who does that? Why are you doing taking, that? Taking taking pictures of, with people, strangers. Oh, interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyways, what are we talking about next week, Brad? Next week, I want to talk about chases. This is something Sean and I have chatted about a little bit here and there. So we'll talk about chases, different types, and uh, we might even dip into some rules and whatnot. But Blake uh, brought that one up, that one too. Was that a Blake one too? God damn. We should just make Blake our like idea guy. Idea. What is it? Uh, it's not producer. Who comes up with that? I don't Top, know. Topic. I don't know. Topic guy. Topic guy. Writer. Topic guru. Writer. Writer. I don't know. I don't sure. Know. Show writer. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. We don't, don't do it well. I don't work in Hollywood. <laughs> All right. Well, 
This has been another episode of GBS. All I'm right. Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night and good game and all. This episode of Gaming and BS brought to you with the help from the following BSers. Hawk Sparrow, Andy Hall, Corey Wynn, Graham Minert, Brian Kurtz, Larry Hout, Mark Tasaka, Pure Mongrel, C.W. Mellencamp, Chris Steele, Ron Bishop, Thomas Hook, Wayne Humphrey, Craig, Brandon Barnes, Laramie Wall, Dan LaValle, Jason Hobbs, Sky, Roger Braslett, John Hammersley, Old School DM, Perry Besor, Michael Dinos, Jim Fitzpatrick, Christopher Gray, Bruce Cunnington, John Coward, Corey Gonzalez, Eileen Barnes, Robert Nemeth, Matt Cyberlick, Chad Glayman, Finolf, Lord Tentacle, Corey Welch, Kyle Winter, Merkel Froelich, Joe Swick, Tur- Curtis Takahashi, Josh Wallace, Kevin Lovecraft, Andy Olson, and Tony Sugarloaf Baker. For ways to support the show, head over to GamingNBS.com forward slash support dash us. Thanks, BSers! This, this has, has been, been a Litterbox, Litterbox Studio production. production.